It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, Throwback Thursday, PSR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Panache Ravaputi, the best in personal injury for a long time in SoCal. Year number five here in the Vegas Valley, over $5 billion, verdicts and, settle- verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients in Southern California for a long time, like I said, and again, year number five here in Vegas. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice is PSR Law, Panache Ravaputi, Brian Panache, senior partner, my good friend, and uh, again, hoping Brian will make it into studio one of these weeks. It'll be nice to uh, get him back on the uh, on the mic. And, of course, we uh, did the Panish Perspective for years, so kind of missed that a little bit. But nonetheless, if you need personal injury help in the future, just jot the number down. You may not need them now, but you, you may very well need them. And uh, always good to have put away in a safekeeping. 702 area code you got down for Vegas. 560-5520 is the number. 560-5520. 560-5520. And a great show in store for you on this throwback Thursday. Brad Power is going to join me. Hour number two. Going to get you caught up. College football. Because so much goes on. Season's over on the gridiron. But at the end of the day with the transfer portal, a couple different sessions, it'll be open. Coaching carousel continues to change with some of the coaches like Harbaugh taking off for the NFL. And so Brad will get us caught up on all that great stuff. We'll continue to uh, sink heavily into college basketball, as we always do this time of year. Looking forward to that. Get you caught up on all the scores and a big night last night on the local hardwood. We'll get to that as well. And... uh, well, we got the Mark Oak Show coming up again this Sunday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. And Mark, of course, does a great job as my producer right here on SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Wednesday nights, KT, always at Steiner's Pub. Had a great time there last night, and that's 1750 North Buffalo, 1 to 3 in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Take care of business 24 hours a day there. And then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, PSR Law Studios right here in Las Vegas. Throwback Thursday, big-time headlines, so let's get rolling. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, some more details uh, coming in from that horrific shooting over there at the end of that parade there. Kansas City Chiefs, of course, celebrating back-to-back Super Bowl victories. And everything was going smooth and, you know, kind of the way that they wanted it to be. 800 cops they had there to make sure everybody was going to be well-protected, including sharpshooters up on roofs of buildings to kind of Look down, but over at Union Station near the end of the uh, whole ordeal, there was a shooting where 23 were shot. Now, the only casualty as of now, casualty as far as a death, Elizabeth Galvana, Elizabeth Galvana, I should say, uh, Lopez, I believe, was her maiden name, uh, Galvana, 43, a radio DJ right there in Kansas City, 43 years of age, passes away after getting shot. The victims were between the ages of 8 and 47. Half of the victims were under the age of 16. So far, just the one death. The children we know, uh, I believe there's eight of them, they are all going to survive. There are still some other 
that are right now touch and go. So we're hoping everybody survives. But uh, prayers with the family of Elizabeth Galvana, uh, major loss there, just 43 years young, and doing what she loved to do, covering the parade there and uh, spinning some hits and just tragically loses her life there in a shooting that looked like it was because of a dispute. Back in the day, you know, people say what they want. You know, I'm old school guy. I remember, you know, those fights in high school that would go down, and those were fist fights, and nobody ended up losing their lives. You know, sometimes you got into these altercations, but you settled it with your fist. Nowadays, nope, people are going to pull a piece, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, there's going to be loss of life, and there's going to be other losses of life because lives are not going to be the same from those that pulled off this horrific act. There were three in custody, I believe, that they know, uh, two juveniles and then one other and uh, they're waiting for more details. So we'll keep an eye on this. Offensive lineman Trey Smith for Kansas City. Uh, he was there, one of the heroes that was helping out with a lot of the people that were just scared out of their wits, basically. Grabbed a young man and gave him a WWE belt that he had had during the parade to kind of uh, cool the young man down. And uh, just love to see everybody kind of come together. But there was also Trey and Casey Filter, and Trey actually ends up helping out when they said, get him, get him, get him. He ends up making a tackle. When he does that, an AK-47 falls from one of the alleged uh, culprits right now that is in custody. And his wife, Casey Filter, grabbed that AK-47, pushed it over to the wall. And, of course, authorities ended up getting that. They were actually visiting. They drove three hours from Wichita, Kansas, to be there with their two boys to witness that parade. And we will see how all this stuff continues to play out. But they're looking still for... uh, footage, film from anybody that may have had their cameras out or on their cell phones and were able to get some footage as they continue to compile all this evidence. And again, we're hoping those that are responsible will be brought to justice. But you cannot replace the life of 43-year-old Elizabeth Galvana. Our prayers with her and her family for the community. Number two. Caitlin Clark. That's right. You heard it at the top right here. Odyssey. Caitlin Clark has passed Kelsey Plum. She is now the all-time leading scorer in college basketball, women's college basketball, of course. And the shot she did it with early on in their game tonight, it's got to be at least a 33-35 to footer. It is absolutely beautiful from somebody that enjoys shooting from distance. I mean, this is unbelievable. So the shot to break the record, Kelsey Plum's record. Kelsey, of course, did it with Washington playing for the Huskies from 2013 to 2017. And, of course, now a member of our two-time defending champion, Las Vegas Aces, right here in town. All-time leading scorers still... Antoine Davis, number two. He, of course, spent five years there because of the COVID year with the Detroit Titans. But the most amazing is Pistol Pete Maravich. This guy, unbelievable, still the number one all-time scorer. And he did it in three years. I mean, unbelievable. Not only that, not only did he do it in three years, but he did it without the three-pointer. Can you even believe that? He averaged 43.8 points per game. 44.2, and then senior year, 44.5 points per game. Unbelievable. Lost his life at age 40 and a half. Uh, Had a heart defect. They said that he probably shouldn't have lived past 25 years of age, but played ball all the time, never knew about it, and ended up passing away at a very young age. But he was an incredible five-time NBA All-Star and, of course, the all-time leading scorer in college basketball. But congratulations to Caitlin Clark, now the all-time leader in ladies basketball. Number three. All right, some news out of the Chicago Bears camp. A couple different things. The Bears cutting veterans. Eddie Jackson, secondary 
player for a long time. A hundred starts there for the Chicago Bears. And Cody Whitehair on that offensive line. 118 starts. Both the veterans let go earlier today by the Chicago Bears. And uh, that is a major move. Now, meanwhile, we were wondering, will Steve McMichael, will he ever get into the Hall of Fame? And a lot of folks following the story, especially those from the Windy City, know that McMichael has not been in great shape physically, of course, uh, diagnosed with ALS back in 2021. And he was hospitalized last August with pneumonia and sepsis. And he is back in the hospital now. And this also suspected to be pneumonia. But they did come out just the other day. And when they announced the class as far as the NFL Hall of Fame, he was in that class. He is the senior that's getting in there along with Randy Gratichar, great Denver Bronco. So those were your two seniors. So McMichael will get in. I'm just hoping he can hang on long enough so he can be inducted. We're hoping that he's able to get out of the weeds here with this suspected pneumonia and uh, be able to uh, continue to live long enough to at least get in. You just hate that posthumously thing. I mean, I remember going to Canton just a couple years ago and Cliff Branch going in. And, of course, the committee waits too long and Branch losing his life just about a year before. So other inductees will be Dwight Freeney from the Colts, Devin Hester from the Chicago Bears, Andre Johnson, how many great years he had with the Houston Texans, Julius Peppers, of course, did it with a couple different teams and one of the better defensive ends, Patrick Willis, stand up for the 49ers, and again, Randy Gratishar, Steve McMichael, they are your seniors that will be entering as the class of 2024. Number four. Number four, had to sweat it out last night, my goodness, on the hardwood, and listening to John Sandler, and uh, I'm telling you, I was just sweating it out. He and Curtis Terry calling the game, and the Rebs did it. They got it done. Coach Kevin Kruger was able to get it done. Talked to his dad today, Lon Kruger. Lon's probably going to try and join us on the show sometime next week. Uh, he was sweating it out as well, but uh, they, able, they were able to pull it off. We thought it was going to be a nip-and-tuck game against the Fresno State Bulldogs because they had beaten the Bulldogs here. And going up to Fresno, Bulldogs had won two in a row. Not a great season for Fresno State, uh, but Justin Hudson had them ready. And that game went back and forth down the wire. But the Rebs found a way to hold on, get a two-point victory. That was big time. And now they have a five-game winning streak. They go into Saturday's game, late game. It's a red out, Thomas and Mack. So please be there. Support this running Rebels team. Kevin Kruger has them at 7-4 and four in conference. Now, Utah State was able to come back and win that game last night in Wyoming. So they still have three losses as far as the top spot there in the Mountain West. But again, we all know they got fortunate here at Thomas and Mack to steal that one from the Rebs. Otherwise, the Rebs would be with three losses and Utah State would be with four. Waiting for that rematch up in Logan. We'll see how that all pans out later. But a great job by Kevin Kruger and company holding on. Number five. And then we got to go right there and, uh, you know, give the ladies their due billing as well as Lindy LaRock. And I was texting with Coach LaRock earlier today. She's going to try and come on the show maybe next week as well. They continue their winning ways. 33 out of 34 now in the Mountain West. Only one loss by three points to New Mexico, which they avenged at the pit. Uh, Unbelievable this team they just continue to play well tight game last night though with colorado state tied at the half then they actually trailed by a bucket going to the fourth but they got the job done outscoring the lady rams by five points in the final quarter and win it by three nice effort to go now 21 and two overall 11 and two inside the mountain i'm sorry 11 and one inside the mountain west so uh two game lead there in conference taking care of business but 
They are looking to get back into that top 25. We will see if they indeed do that when the rankings come out on Monday of next week. But congratulations to Lindy LaRock and the Lady Revs. Now, they continue their play at home coming up on Saturday as well. They will have, I believe it's a 4 o'clock tip at the Cox Pavilion against Air Force. And then, I mean, it's a great day for basketball. Just go to the ladies' game, have a little break in between unless it goes OT, and then just walk over to Thomas and Mac and go right into the men's game. That is what it's all about when you can get that ladies' men doubleheader. And when both teams are at the top of the game, and both of them are right now, the Lady Rebs, the Running Rebs, both playing well, both back in action Saturday after wins last night. And that is a look at your starting five. Some other things going on in the world of sports to get you caught up on as far as headlines. I'm a big Mets fan, and of course, 1986, my favorite year, because it's the last time the Metropolitans actually won the World Series. But one of their catalysts from that team, in fact, the guy that used to set the table, it was Lenny Dykstra and Wally Backman, but Dykstra was at the top of that lineup. And a very uh, charismatic personality, to say the least, but got himself in a lot of trouble. He, of course, went over to the Phillies, had a pretty good uh, stint there with Philly as well. Always fun to watch on the field because he played the game at a very high level. He was like a mini Pete Rose as far as the way he played on the field. But uh, Dykstra def- definitely got in his share of trouble off the field and, you know, a lot of con artist stuff and, you know, ended up paying the piper. Well, he suffered a stroke earlier this week, and he's recovering right now at an L.A. hospital. He's from Southern California initially. And a couple of the guys, Kevin Mitchell and Daryl Strawberry, reaching out to Dykstra. They were able to talk to him. He's going to still undergo further evaluations at UCLA Medical Center. But Dykstra was said to be in good spirits, according to uh, Kevin Mitchell on the report that we read. And, uh, you know, we're just hoping that Dykstra is not only able to, you know, get out of this, but also, you know, understand all the mistakes that he made and pay back to the community, give stuff back. Uh, again, a lot of fun to watch him play baseball. But again, just because a guy could play baseball or football or whatever sport it is, doesn't mean that they're going to be great people. And he, of course, you know, got in a lot of trouble, spent time in jail over six and a half months in jail back in 2012-13. Uh, he had bankruptcy fraud, money laundering, grand theft auto, <laughs> false financial statement charges. You name it, Dykstra was involved. And uh, you just hate to see that. So hopefully, you know, he can finish out his life in, uh, in, in, in a better line than he did over the last decade. So, uh, but we are hoping that he is able to recover from that stroke. And then you look at another life, this one, a young one, and Brad Powers will touch on uh, this young man in hour number two, but LSU running back, he was going to be the backup running back, Trey Holly. He's facing a charge of attempted second-degree murder. He has been suspended by the LSU football team. He turned himself into the Union Parish Sheriff's Office today and faces a charge, like I said, of second-degree murder. That's one of three felony charges he's faced uh, as, that he's facing, uh, which he's tied to the shooting in his hometown of Farmerville, Louisiana. So he is being held right now on $512,000 bond. Uh, also, uh, there's another two accomplices with him. One is 17, one is 18. But the one that's 17 will also be tried as an adult, and uh, they are all facing some serious charges. And again, you know, half a million dollars for your bail. Uh, you know, good luck. And we'll hope that uh, this young man is able to learn a lesson and, you know, understand that just because you play a game, you know, you get called out and you, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing. I mean, it's, you know, your manhood gets called out sometimes in, in certain areas, especially when you're growing up in certain areas and uh, you want to ante up. But, 
you got to understand that you make mistakes like this, you're going to pay. And you, we've seen it with a lot of really good athletes down the years, you know, just uh, making a mistake and they never get a chance to play that sport that they were so good at or that they love to play because they end up doing time in jail. By the time they get out, if they do get out, you know, then they end up uh, not having any time left to really take advantage of those skills and that athleticism that they do have naturally. And, uh, and of course, they were able to get that, you know, uh, you know, just a lot of practice, a lot of hard work, but then throw it down the drain. So kind of sucks, but uh, we'll keep an eye on this one. So we'll get a take from Brad Powers. Brad will join me hour number two. We'll get into that college football. I'll get his take on a couple of things that went down in the NFL as well. And uh, we'll touch on LSU freshman tailback Trey Holly, but he has been indefinitely suspended and don't even know if he'll ever put on that LSU uniform. Again, he did play last year, just had 11 carries, but 110 yards, including a touchdown against Army. But uh, neither here nor there right now, that doesn't mean anything. He was uh, the 10th ranked running back and number 172 overall player in the class of 2023 and may not be able to be back on the field for some time if indeed ever. So that is a look at our starting five and some other headlines. We will take a break, uh, take a break and come back and get you caught up on the scoreboard. Got plenty of college basketball to get into. A few games on uh, the association and on the ice, and then we'll uh, touch on some other things that we're going to be looking at throughout the week. And I'll let you know some of the great guests that I have lined up. And uh, there's some good ones that are going to be coming on the show over the next couple weeks. So keep it right here. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. Use the Rewind feature, which is outstanding. Miss any part of the show, search Ken Thompson SportsX Radio. You're able to go back, listen to the show in its entirety. Same thing with the Mark Hoke Show. That, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. Same thing. Use that Rewind feature in case you miss any part of the show. Live PSR Lost Studios in Vegas. We're coming right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Little Steve Perry, you know, sometimes I start listening to the music, Hoaxer's spinning, and uh, I like that song, man. Let me listen a little bit more, and uh, we'll get rolling here. Hour number one, Brad Powers joining me. Hour number two, Shaquille O'Neal is the third player to have his jersey retired by uh, three or more teams in the NBA. And the Hoaxer, of course, uh, he's an NBA guy. He loves his Philadelphia 76ers. Hoaxer, number 32, uh, Orlando Magic, retired the other night there for Shaq. Number 32 was also retired for Shaq by Miami. And then number 34 is what he wore in L.A. So all three of those teams uh, retiring Shaq's jerseys. Who are the other two players that have had three or more teams uh, retire their numbers? Oh, that is a good question. I, I'm, It got me on that one, but I'd have to, I'd have to look that one up. Come on. First, the first guy that you should think of and you would know, Will Chamberlain. Yeah, Will. Yeah, well, uh the other one is the, the other one's a, yeah the other one's a, a, a kind of a trick question because Bill Russell when he passed away in 2022 the NBA retired his number with all the teams fair enough so that's yeah so they sneaked that one in there but really the only one uh, the only two actually Will Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal with three teams retiring their numbers so good stuff there 
Uh, Hoekster, what do you got coming up on uh, the Mark Hoke show on Sunday? I just want to get that in there because I meant to ask you last night, and I want to make sure I get that in there before oh, I start getting into the college we're, we're still lining the show up, but Stu Myrick from down Austin, Texas is going to be joining us. He just talked to Dustin Rhodes, the brother of Cody Rhodes. Nice. And so we're going to be talking to Stu about that interview that should be pretty interesting because I'm sure Dustin had a few conversations with his brother about what was going on and through his mind when, well, Cody, for a little bit anyway, lost his main event at WrestleMania. So Stu's going to be on, and we're lining up a few more guests for the show. So should be a pretty good one. And I'm going to be asking the question, does Dwayne Johnson have a savior complex all of a sudden? Is there a flaw in the rock? I'm going to be a little mean on The Rock this weekend. So That's right. You're entitled. You're the, you're the host. That's what you do. Yeah. So get ready for that because I'm going, to, I'm going to light the fireworks a little. All right. So Dustin Rhodes, like Cody Rhodes, was, did he also follow in the old man's footsteps? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dustin's been wrestling for, geez, almost 30 years now. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So Dustin, he's still going, man. Still going. Yeah, I remember the old man. The old man was a was a piece of work, man. He was a character. Yeah, one of the most influential guys in the history of the industry. And, you know, of course, uh, Cody trying to win the title. His dad never won. So, and finish that story out. And that, of course, that's what got everybody all fired up when The Rock tried to take his main event away. And, uh, you know, people didn't like it. And guess what? The fans spoke, and there it is. I love it. Love when the fans speak up and uh, and voice their opinion. Meanwhile, NBA, as we hit the scoreboard, one game yet to tip off. It'll start in a little bit. T-Wolves in Portland take on the Blazers. Minnesota minus 9.5, your total, sitting in that top spot there in the Western Conference. T-Wolves playing good, solid ball. Two games going right now. Bucks are in Memphis. Grizz finally breaking a long, winning streak, a long losing streak, I should say, trying to make it two in a row. Trail the Bucks, but it's uh, right near halftime, only down two, 57-55, 27 seconds left at the FedEx Forum in the first half. And then the Jazz and Warriors underway. Jazz up 11 first quarter, still 3.56 to go. They're in Salt Lake City, 33-22. Uh, that's in the first quarter. Again, a total of 241.5. You see those numbers for old-school NBA guys that uh, did enjoy some defense. Just makes you cringe because it's almost like watching replays of these all-star games that we've seen where there's no defense being played. It's Matador defense at best, and I'd say 85% of these games right now. We All you have to do to know the style of play that you're going to get from the two teams to where they just look at each other and go, okay, throw the ball up. You guys don't play D, we won't play D. Let's see who can knock down the most threes. And uh, you look at these totals. But 241.5 is the total tonight in that Jazz Warriors game. So we'll see indeed if that does get over. Right now, 60 points already, 258 left in the first quarter. So again, we'll see. And the Grizz did tie it up halftime. Bucks and Grizz, 57 apiece. Milwaukee's a 14 point road favorite, 223.5 your total. And uh, the one other game, like I told you, Minnesota at Portland. They'll set to go. They'll get set to go in about 40 minutes from now. Let's move on down and. Check out what's going on on the ice because we got a huge slate of college basketball, and I'm going to get to get to the games that have not tipped off yet, so we can uh, throw some opinions your way. Right now on the ice, only one game has not dropped the puck. That's in British Columbia. That'll be Vancouver, first first place Canucks ahead of VGK, the Golden Knights in the Pacific. Vancouver minus 175 against those Detroit Red Wings who continue the road trip. Six and a half your total shaded over there at the Westgate Superbook minus 120 to win 100. Meanwhile, you move on up. Let's see what we have. This game about over, and Florida's going to shut out Buffalo, it looks like. 14 seconds away from a shutout, 3 nothing. Panthers taking care of business. Uh, dead under there. 
6.5 your total, finishing at 3. Seattle, nice win by the Kraken. Game stays under the 5.5, but they went 4-1 to one at Boston against the Bruins. And uh, could have got them plus 175 in that game. Meanwhile, the L.A. Kings, they were slight dogs in the Garden State, and they knock off New Jersey, beat the Devils 2-1. to 3-2 to two right now, Toronto, 4.36 to go third period, lead the Hulksters, six, or, or, the Flyers, 3-2 to two in the third period. The Rangers, KT's Rangers, taking care of business in a big way. Uh, Le Habitant is in town at Madison Square Garden to take on the Blue Shirts. 7-3 Rangers lead at 10.04 to go in that third period. So all those unders early on, those first four scores I gave you, this one will help out if you have the Grand Salami over the total, 7-3, to still halfway through the third period. That total was 6, so you already have your money on that uh, over in that game. 9.40 to go third period. Tampa Bay leads Colorado 4-3. to So a high-scoring game that's already up and over the total. And 9.40, like I said, left in that third period. Anaheim, wow, what did they have in their Wheaties? The Ducks taking care of business. A plus 205 for Anaheim in Ottawa. Blistering the Senators 5-1. to one. Total is 6.5, minute 20 to go. May not get there, but you will get there with that big plus 205 price on those Ducks who lead the Ottawa Senators 5-1 uh, near the last minute of regulation. St. Louis, a 3-2 lead, second period over Edmonton. Oilers 21-5 in their last 26, taking care of business, getting back into the thick of things in the Pacific and in the Western Conference. McDavid with six assists the other night, and a uh, big game. Right now, though, they trail St. Louis 3-2, 5.58 to go. Again, only second period, so over for sure. This game should probably finish with uh, eight or nine goals. We'll keep an eye on it. Got five right now and still 5.58 to go in that second period. Meanwhile, you've got eight goals already in Nashville. 5.50 to go second period. And the Dallas Stars, they've got six of those babies. 6-2 Stars lead the Preds. 150, minus 156 is what the Stars were on the road. And they came out guns ablaze and taking care of business big time. Pittsburgh shutting out the Blackhawks right now. Second period just underway. 18-20 to go in that second. 2-0 Pittsburgh with the lead in Calgary. Has drawn first blood against those Sharks. Lead San Jose 1-0 with 5.50 to go in the first period up there in Alberta. And again, Detroit-Vancouver. They'll drop the puck in just a little bit. Let's go and uh, check out what we've got going on. On the college hardwood, three games on that extra board as I scroll on up. Winthrop leading Radford, 53-42, 11 minutes to go, minus one, trying to sweep that season series. Uh, Scotty Pippen's Alma Mater Central Arkansas taking care of business up two on Austin P. They're actually catching three and a half on their home court, 141 and a half the total. They got crushed when they played the Governors earlier this season. And North Alabama leads Lipscomb 35-32, 50 seconds left in the first half there. North Alabama is the home team. Let's cruise on up. And get into the big boys. Games that have not tipped off yet. These are games you can still get down on. Use that Westgate app and take care of business there. The Superbook always has uh, halftime lines on all the games. And great to have a lot of different outs, as we call them here. So if you're inside the Nevada State lines, you know, get yourself, if you're going to try and make money, get yourself, you know, three, four, five accounts so you can have, you know, an advantage as far as having different lines because you will see a difference with different books and sometimes a half point, sometimes a point, sometimes even a point and a half, two points on some of the totals. Just depends when and where you play them. So stay on top of that stuff if you're going to truly do it to try and make some money. Uh, these are super book lines right now. Pacific, one of the worst teams ever in Tiger history. I think it is probably the worst Pacific team in my lifetime. They are at Santa Clara at Bronco Gym. They're taking on the Broncos of Santa Clara. And uh, Santa Clara minus 16, 148 is your total there. Santa Clara already crushed them at Stockton in that first game. 
This one's one of those games where the favorite lost on their home court, and now they're going on the road as underdogs. And San Diego, though, is the uh, team that won at Portland. They were three-and-a-half-point road dogs, and they won. But they have covered, I believe, seven straight. Uh, they're playing good ball. Lab's got them playing pretty good ball. Steve Lavin, the coach there for the Toreros of San Diego. They're at home at the Slim Jim, the Jenny Craig Pavilion. They're minus six against Portland. 155 is your total in that game. Hawaii coming off a nice home win. They're now back on uh, the States over here and uh, going over there to uh, Mott Jim, taking on my good buddy Dave Dave Deneen's alma mater, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and uh, going to take on the Mustangs inside Mott Jim, that little Cracker Jack box that I used to call games for Long Beach State. And, and uh, it is a good little home court advantage, I will say that. But this is one of the uh, poorer teams that we've seen as well for Cal Poly Slow. Hawaii, an 8.5-point road favorite total is 130.5. Move on down. Another one of these revenge games, UC Santa Barbara. They're going to take on the Tritons of UC San Diego, which is in a great area, La Jolla, one of my favorite places to uh, to visit. Couldn't afford to live there, but heck, I used to love hanging out there. And every now and then go to one of those nice restaurants. Uh, the Chart House, uh, the old chain, the Chart House. And I remember it was just overlooking the ocean. It was absolutely picturesque. And I used to love going in there and, and uh, kind of relaxing every once in a while when I could afford it, which was once in a while, but beautiful area. I love La Jolla. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, for those that live there and call it home, it's one of the uh, more picturesque cities to live in in the entire country. And that's where you see San Diego, home of the Tritons. And they now in the uh, Big West, but they won at the Thunderdome against the Gauchos earlier this season. You see Santa Barbara catching six in this game against UC San Diego. 143.5 is your total. So remember, Big West, the tournament is at the DLC, the Dollar Loan Center, and it's going to be a good one. This is uh, a very, very competitive Big West. I, I mean, this is one where I couldn't tell you who's going to win. The Tritons are one of those teams, though, that I would probably have money on, this UC San Diego team. Santa Barbara still has a decent backcourt, but they struggle up front to get second shot opportunities. So we'll see if they can get the split. They're plus six. I would look at the Gauchos because of the revenge. But again, UC San Diego, they start knocking down their threes. They are tough to beat, especially on their home court. Portland State, they're at home against Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado beat them good the first time in Greeley. They're still favored on the road in this one, minus 2.5, 154. UC Riverside at Fullerton. It's the first of two meetings they'll play again at Riverside at the Student Rec Center later on this month. And uh, Fullerton in this game at home at Titan Gym, catching a point and a half from the Highlanders total is 133.5. Utah Valley State, they got the best of Cal Baptist in the first meeting. Wolverines beat them, and now the Lancers of Cal Baptist at home, minus 2.5, 133.5. I'd lay it tonight. I'd take a shot at Cal Baptist. They have their full arsenal of players back, and I think they'll uh, even the score there with Utah Valley State. I'd lay the 2.5. Cal State Northridge, Cal State Bakersfield. Bakersfield's playing better, and they won at Northridge. So Northridge still is a favorite at Bakersfield. That's a tough little place. I used to call games for UC Riverside when they were D2 and Cal State Bakersfield was D2 and they were at the top of their game. They won three national titles in five years. Uh, That's a good team, the uh, Roadrunners there of Cal State Bakersfield at the Division II level. They're they're playing their best ball of the year. Northridge still has a better record and they're going to try and avenge that home loss at the Matadome. We'll keep an eye on it. I wouldn't touch that game. Cal at Washington State. Cal beat Wazoo at Haas Pavilion. I think Wazoo takes care of business. Still trying to set up an interview with Kyle Smith, their head coach. Washington State in second place in the Pac-12 behind Arizona. 
I like this Cougs team. This Cougs team plays with a lot of moxie, man. They are fun to watch, and uh, they come off the win, the road win, in Eugene, Oregon, and they were able to even up that season series with the Ducks with a win on Saturday. Pepperdine in Moraga, California. They're going to take on St. Mary's. They're in trouble there because the Gales are playing top of the line. Low Romar's team not playing very well. St. Mary's minus 18 in this game, 133.5 is your total. And then the late game, another one of the late games will be Utah at the Galen Center taking on USC. Southern Cal minus 2, 148.5, still a dismal year for the Trojans sitting at, uh, I believe they're sitting at 4-9 and nine inside the Pac-12. So it is kind of weird. was texting with Roxy Bernstein earlier today, and Roxy uh, will be calling the game uh, I think he's doing the Stanford. Yeah, he's doing the Stanford Washington game. And so, you know, we were talking, and I said, "Rocks." I go, "How weird is it now?" Because this is it, Pac-12 men's basketball, just about done. And that's what hurts the most. The football, you understand that it's the kingpin sport. So it got into where the Pac-12 network. I guess, you know, they didn't never got a deal worked out with DirecTV. They had that feud going. And so the deals that they got going, Pac-12 Network, they, they weren't on all those different homes that had DirecTV. And, they, you know, they just kind of never really got anything ironclad done as far as, you know, the amount of uh, TV revenue. You looked at the, the Big Ten and the SEC, and it's just major. So you still had some money some decent money coming in with the Pac-12, but then they let it go. And when USC and UCLA committed to uh, making the jump to the Big Ten, that kind of set the precedence one co- once Colorado bailed. And that was literally why we were at the Pac-12 media days for football. We were there right there at Resorts World here in Las Vegas. And that came down, you know, while we were there. And uh, we're like, oh, man, is that going to be, you know, one of the dominoes that starts everything else in motion. And sure enough, over the next, you know, four or five, six days, you had Arizona, ASU, and Utah follow to the Big 12. BYU's already there, so it made good sense for Utah to go because Colorado, who was their road partner, so to speak, as far as in the Pac-12, they were there. And then you had Washington and Oregon. They followed USC and UCLA to the Big 10. And so, you know, what does that do? That left Cal and Stanford, Washington, Washington State, and still the weirdest of all. But academically, uh, the ACC had some schools that could match up, uh, you know, somewhat with Cal and Stanford. So on the academic side, Roxy Bernstein was saying in this article that that made at least a little bit of sense. But how can you have, you know, two teams, two schools basically within 50 miles of the Pacific Ocean playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference? It just makes no sense. And like Roxy said, during football, okay, you're going to have five road trips. But during basketball and these other sports, you're going to have in the neighborhood of nine West Coast to East Coast trips. Where are you getting the money for all that stuff? I mean, some of the schools, they've got the budget, but some of the other ones do not. And, you know, you're going to be paying NIL money and all this stuff. I mean, it's just not thought out. And there was never a cap put on any of this stuff. And it's just crazy that none of this stuff ever came to uh, fruition as far as being thought out. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK, Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. I'll get you the rest of those college basketball scores when we come back to wrap up hour number one. Brad Powers and I talking college football in hour number two. We'll keep you updated on all the games. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK, Dawn on that Odyssey app. Update Gonzaga, 38-32, lead at LMU. 
Still 5.07 to go in the first half. Gersten Pavilion right there in Westchester, California. We'll keep an eye on that one, amongst others that are still going. And then there's a bunch of finals I'll get to as well. Live from Vegas, you're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. I'll be right back. Little Christopher Cross coming back. Mark Hoke spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday. KT Live, PSR Law Studios in Las Vegas. College basketball at the forefront right now on a throwback Thursday. But college football, top of hour number two, get caught up on all the stuff going on off the gridiron. Transfer portal, coaching carousel with the college football guru, Brad Powers. Let's go to the college hardwood, get you caught up on what's going on real quick. Game's going right now in progress. Arkansas Little Rock up two, 16.59 to go, second half over Moorhead State, 36-34. They're catching one and a half at home. South Alabama up 16 on Texas State, laying only two and a half, 13.01 to go, 47-31 is your score. Memphis down 10 at North Texas in Denton, 4.04 to go, second half. And uh, the Mean Green, 69-59, taking care of business in a pick'em game. Alma mater of Mark Hoke winning right now at Oral Roberts going for the sweep. North Dakota State, the Bison up 11 with only 102 left in regulation. 69-58 your score there. They're actually four and a half point road dogs. 73-58 James Madison got off to a 12-0 start out of the gate. Never looked back. Lee Georgia State by 15 against 73-58 with 432 to go in regulation. UMKC, UMKC right now beating South Dakota State by five. They're catching four in that game on their home court. And 359 left in regulation. They lead the Jackrabbits 60 to 55. Nebraska Omaha up nine on South Dakota. Two minutes left regulation there. Going for the sweep as the Mavericks already won. In uh, I want to say that might, that might have been that triple overtime game uh, against South Dakota. No, that was against Denver. But uh, they are going for the sweep and now up eight with a minute 50 to go. 85 77. Tarleton State leads at Texas Arlington 66 61. They're five point dogs. They're up by five with 455 left. In regulation, at the half, UL Monroe trying to get the win over Southern Miss. They're plus 7.5 on the board, and they lead it by 12. 140.5 your total, only 54 points in that first half. Troy playing good this season, and uh, 47-43 early second half lead over Arkansas State. Lead the Red Wolves 47-43 with the total of 153.5, laying 6.5. Purdue trailing Minnesota now, 45-43 in West Lafayette, 18.06 to go. Talked about this game last night, and uh, this is a good, solid Minnesota team. I mean, this is a team nobody really thought was going to do much, but they hang in there, and uh, they've got players. Garcia is fun to watch, and he's going right at Zach Eady. Got him in foul trouble early, so 45-43 Golden Gophers. Two minutes into the second half, West Lafayette. Seattle up 49-40 at Southern Utah, 14.07 to go second half. At the half, Leathernecks of Western Illinois lead 27-21 at Tennessee Tech. 46-41 SIU Edwardsville up over Lindenwood. That is a halftime score, 46-31 up by 15. Southern Indiana, 29-28 lead second half just underway at Tennessee Martin. Eastern Illinois up by 11 on Southeast Missouri State, 45-34. 15-21 to go in regulation. Gonzaga up by... 43-41, LMU hanging right in there with a minute 37 to go in that first half there in Westchester, California. Long Beach State off to a good start, 40-27. to They lead up in Davis, California over the Aggies of UC Davis. 2 of 6 left in that first half there, 30-28 to at the half at the Kibbe Dome 
in Moscow, Idaho. Vandals up on top of Weber State, 30-28, to 40-32. Eastern Washington at home leading Idaho State. And the Bengals by 8-40-32, laying 9.5 in that game. 32-31, Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona leading at the Hornet's Nest over Sacramento State at intermission as three-point dogs. North Dakota State, or I'm sorry, North Dakota, they are up by four at Denver, 41-37. Trying for a sweep in that uh, season series. They already beat him at North Dakota. UCLA 38-29 looking for their seventh win in their last eight games. They're up nine on Tad Boyle in Colorado. What has happened to the Buffaloes? They are not playing well. Uh, Richard Roby, by the way, may be in studio uh, next. To, uh, no, it's actually the 29th. He will be in studio. Le- all-time leading scorer there for the Colorado Buffaloes. Stanford leads Washington 33-30, 48 still to go first half up in Seattle and tied at 31 little surprise here in Phoenix, Utah Tech and Grand Canyon with 55 seconds left in the first half. These are your finals. Let me see. We gave all those. Okay, so we got all the finals in. Gosh, I went through that scoreboard a little bit quicker than I thought. And, uh, no, we didn't get the finals. Let's, uh, let's go back real quick. We've got Rutgers 63-60. They led 5-4, never led again until the five-minute mark left in the game, and they end up knocking off Northwestern 63-60. But they were laying four, so if you had the Cats plus the points, you get the – uh, money, the game stays under the total of 130. Appalachian State, a 15-point win over Marshall, 73-58, to laying 11. You get the cover there, game stays under. Stony Brook, 93-73, they beat Hampton by 20, laying 12, get the cover, game flies over the total. Campbell and Monmouth, good one. Monmouth wins at 88-87, but the game flies over the total, 145, and Campbell, the fighting Camels get the cover, plus the 6. 73-67, Elon beat Delaware at home. Phoenix get the win laying uh, nothing. They were actually plus seven from the Fighting Blue Hens and beat them by six. Nice effort there. Total was 148 game stays under, hits 140. Western Kentucky talked about this game last night with Andy Isco, and it comes through with Western Kentucky getting the win 90-80 to against UTEP, laying the six and a half, which was up from five and a half last night, and they get the win in the cover 90-80, to the final game sailing over the total. Towson, a nine-point win at William & Mary. They were laying eight, so you get the cover there. Game stays under the total. Florida Atlantic, a nice win by 12, but not nice enough. Did not cover the 19 and a half. Only win it 80 to 80 to 68, pushing the total of 148. SMU, big second half, beat Tulane on the road, 87-79. Sweep the series and cover the one point on the road in a game that also gets over the total. East Carolina, likewise, they sweep a season series of two games from Wichita State, 68 to 55 in a game. That also stays under the total. Charlotte 79-70 beat Texas San Antonio. Laying 13, only won it by nine. Game gets over the total by two points. NC Wilmington 73-54. They beat NC A&T by 19. Do not cover the 22 in a game that stays under the total. UL Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, they win at Old Dominion. Laying the four, they win it by eight. Game stays under. Coastal Carolina, they win a pick'em game 82-75 over Georgia Southern. That game gets over the total. 63-58, La Tech beats Jacksonville State. Beat the Gamecocks. By five, game staying under the total. They do not cover the 10.5. Northeastern, they lose at home, but they push the total. Uh, I'm sorry, they push the uh, number. It was minus four for College of Charleston, 77-73 the final. Game stays under the 154. Drexel comes back from 10 down early second half and beats Hofstra, 79-77. Good game there. They were minus four, however, so Hofstra, if you back them, you get the money there. Middle Tennessee State, they came back from 10 down, knocked off New Mexico State at home, 76-69. Blue Raiders get it done and cover the three and a half in a game that gets over the total. Sam Houston State, they beat Florida International by 14. They cover the seven. Game stays under the total in the last final. Abilene Christian on the road beat UT Rio Grande Valley. 
8779. Game gets over the total, and they do cover the three and a half on the road. There's all your college basketball. Come back, talk some college football with Mr. Brad Powers. SportsX Radio, one hour in the books, one hour to go, 101.5 FM K-Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Live from Vegas, coming right back at you. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, back, PSR Law Studios in Las Vegas, 1750 North Buffalo is where I am on Wednesday nights at Steiner's Pub, so please get on down there and join me. Had a great crowd last night on Valentine's. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day, but meet me down there. Be one of the first two at the table by 4.45 p.m. Get yourself a free appetizer there. Say hello to Roger Sachs and the great staff there, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South and 8410 West Cheyenne, the original. Another great sponsor. And again, uh, Forklift University, one of our new sponsors. You'll hear their spots as well. A great job, you know, to get. If you're looking for something different, get out there. And I'm going to have uh, Steve Drake come in studio one night, and we'll touch on just some of the stuff they do for veterans here that they really help out uh, locally here in the Vegas Valley and throughout the entire country. Brad Powers be with me in just a sec. Let me update a couple things as far as on the scoreboard. Just uh, three games in the association. They will tip off T-Wolves and Blazers, and uh, it is still nine and a half. Minnesota, 217 now is the total, one up a half point. Grizzlies up by eight now on the Bucks, 5-11 to go third quarter in Memphis, 80-72. to And Warriors up 10 now on Utah with 201 left. In the, now make it, uh, they're up six, uh, 74-68, 130 left. In the first half, 74-68 is your score. Unbelievable. Just incredible. I mean, I, I just it is just absolutely incredible how these teams will not play any defense. That is, I mean, you got 142 points, a minute 30 to go in the first half, and a total of 241 and a half. It is just the style now. People want to see points, I guess. I don't know. I like to see some defenses. Uh, just everybody can shoot and nobody's going to play any D. And you have that in 80, 85% of the games in the association. So it's not as entertaining as they think it is. I'd like to see some type of resistance there on the defensive end. But you don't get it many nights with many teams in the association. That is for sure. Uh, Some good games, though. College Hardwood, and they will continue uh, to get those finals rolling in. North Dakota State did beat Oral Roberts 73-60. to Good news for the hoaxer there. James Madison did win by 20, so they covered their 14-and-a-half. Take care of business. Now, uh, Nebraska-Omaha did sweep South Dakota the season series, but they won tonight 91-84, but they were laying 8-and-a-half. So if you had the Coyotes, you do get the cover in that one. And then paying attention to that Gonzaga-Loyola Marymount game. And I like Loyola Marymount plus 15 and a half. They're only down one at intermission, 47-46 is your score. And then Roxy Bernstein talked to Roxy, as I told you earlier today. He is doing the Washington-Stanford game up in Seattle. And the Huskies lead the Cardinal 40-38 to at intermission, lane 4, 159, your total there. And so he's got a good game 
uh, for that one. Then he gets Oregon, Oregon State, I think, on Saturday. And he said, man, it's going to be tough because some of these rivalries, you're not going to see them anymore because Oregon's going to the Big Ten and Oregon State, of course, uh, staying in the Pac-2, so to speak, with Washington State. And they have uh, a couple years that they're able to either expand on the conference or they'll have to let it go. That name will have to uh, it'll be gone forever, the Pac-12, and it is rather sad. And Brad Powers will touch you on that as far as on the gridiron. As far as on the ice, uh, plenty of games already in the books. These games are going right now. St. Louis 5-2 now over Edmonton. Third period just underway. Game already over the total. Dallas adds another one at 7-2 at Nashville. 17-20 to go third period there. Pittsburgh 2-1 now over the Blackhawks. Ten seconds left in the second period as it was 2-0. And Calgary still with that 1-0 lead over San Jose early in the second period. And we gave you all the finals earlier as far as on the ice. So we will uh, keep an eye on these games as we move on forward and get you the total on all those games. So in case you have that grand salami where they take the total of all those games, uh, you have it up or over or under. We'll get you all the numbers so you can kind of add it up and see how you did tonight. Welcome in Brad Powers. He is the guru of college football. And he, let me tell you something. The guy knows his college hoops as well, but he decided not to handicap and, and, and give out plays like he's done the last bunch of years. He would finish up college football. He'd be following college basketball, but then he'd really get entrenched in college basketball and do a real nice job. You know, uh, February and March, he got going. And uh, I know he made some money and he enjoyed it, but he's solely really concentrating on college football year-round. I'm sure he still uh, follows, follows the college basketball uh, here and there and uh, probably some some wagers that he uh, gets into uh, when he sees a, a good opportunity. Brad Powers, great to have you as always, my man. And, uh, you know, it, it is really an all-year job now, more so than ever in college football. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, because if I go and I say, ah, you know what, we'll talk to Brad in August. No, forget about it. So much is going to happen between now and August. And we rely on people like you that know the lay of the land. And you know it in the FCS level, the FBS level, but you follow the spring games, you follow all this transfer portal stuff and all the coaching changes. And, you know, it's one thing to to even get a handle on that stuff, but then try and figure out how these different players are going to fit into different systems because different coaches are going to different schools. And my goodness, man, you've got to, you know, you've got to have several degrees up there in the noggin just to be able to uh, decipher all this stuff and put it back together again. Brad Powers, great to have you, my man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, KT. Uh, long time no talk. Yeah, how you doing, my man? How's everything going for you? Yeah, going all right. I mean, obviously busy uh, with college football. I mean, I, it's never ending. I mean, even today, I mean, Georgia State lost their head coach today. So uh, you just when you think the coaching carousel is closing up, uh, we get uh, coaches uh, leaving. Uh, did, did, did later than uh, ever, to, to be honest with you. And uh, a lot of head coaches not afraid to – and they're not leaving for other head coaching jobs. They're leaving for position coaches. They're leaving for coordinator jobs. So uh, the never-ending uh, carousel. And obviously we've got another transfer portal coming up here in a couple months. Okay, so let's start there because uh, I had some people that were uh, kind of inside on the information there with uh, you know uh, UCLA with Chip Kelly – bailing on UCLA, uh, a couple people that I know said that he didn't even want to be there the last couple of years, but he was there under contract. And, you know, I don't get this. I mean, UCLA follows USC, right? They go together basically as a tandem to go into the Big Ten. 
Chip Kelly's there. He's the head coach there. He knows this is going down. How can you not get ready, you know, in the time that you have before you transition to the Big Ten to, you know, to get that school ready? That's You're the head coach. You've got to be at the forefront there to make sure UCLA is ready to make this drastic move from the Pac-12 and move into the Big Ten if they're going to not be a laughing stock. We know this team has always been pretty good year in, year out on the hardwood. But on the gridiron, they've had peaks and valleys. And if you're going to go in half-ass, basically, into the Big Ten, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. There are going to be some ugly seasons. And I really feel bad for Deshaun Foster, who's taken over there and, uh, you know, getting a shot now as a head coach because Chip Kelly bails and is now the new offensive coordinator at The Ohio State University. Talk to, be, talk to me about that move and, and, and your take on on Chip Kelly, I know he's got a relationship with Ryan Day from back in their New Hampshire days, but still to leave UCLA kind of high and dry like that over the last, say, year when he had a chance to kind of, you know, get them prepared for what they were getting into. Yeah, uh, I think you broke it down pr- pretty well, uh, to say the least. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, you're right. He did half-ass things. Well, where does that show up? Um, well, not, it's not always a win-losses uh, thing uh, as far as not putting in max effort. I mean, UCLA's been uh, average to above average. They, he's won enough games uh, in the last couple of years. But it shows in recruiting because it takes a lot of effort. It's 365 as far as recruiting. And, I mean, right now UCLA, this signing class, the fresh, incoming freshman, 89th in the country, worst recruiting class in the history of UCLA football. So that's not good. Uh, you mentioned the move to the Big Ten. You know, you know my stance on it. I mean, I think it's uh, a shame that the travesty that the, the Pac-12 ceased to exist. And if there's one of the out of, out of the four teams making the move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, obviously UCLA out of the four by far behind the uh, the Oregon's, the USC's, even the Washingtons of the world as far as being ready to play on a week in and week out basis. So Deshaun uh, Foster at least wants to be there. Chip Kelly, you're right, did not want to be there. And if you don't, it wasn't just the Ohio State thing came out of nowhere. He interviewed for multiple NFL offensive coordinator jobs. Probably would have been fired if UCLA didn't beat USC. Uh, That kind of, you know, delayed things. I mean, they they have a big win over USC. They decided not to fire Chip Kelly. Uh, They don't have the money for a buyout. They have some uh, monetary, uh, some money problems within the administration. Uh, I, I, it's a really bad thing for UCLA. So let's get to the what everybody wants to hear, actionable. Well, win totals are out already. I've already bet UCLA under their win total. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough first season. I'll be stunned if they make a bowl game. There you go. What was that win total, Brad? It was six and a half. Now, the new, I didn't, I didn't want to bet these win totals. They're, they're out too early. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we got a whole portal coming up. I'd like to at least watch spring practice. But – uh, the, the the most the biggest book in, 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 as far as stateside in the states, FanDuel puts them up on every single power conference team, seventy teams. So I wait, but then the Chip Kelly news happens, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have to fire on this because I'm sure other people are gonna bet it. So I bet mm-hmm. under six and a half. It's now five and a half. I would still bet under five and a half. That's how tough of a first season it's gonna be for Deshaun Foster. I agree with you. That is great inside information, Brad Powers. I- told you he's the college football guru again he was going to wait and he knows there's another session as far as transfer portal eligibility and uh you know want to watch some spring games want to see how some guys transition even if they make a move to another school because it's transfer portal just to get your 
you know, your head wrapped around all those different moves and then try and figure out the type of chemistry teams are going to have and the coaching they're going to have. is going to take a lot of work, and Brad puts the work in. But when you see something that you know is uh, priced too high and you're like, unless UCLA pulls out a couple guys in the next transfer portal that are monumental players and headliners, they're not winning seven games uh, first year in the in the Big Ten. No, so not. I totally, yeah, I totally Alex, agree with you. Yeah, how about this for a three-game stretch at the end of September at LSU, Oregon, at Penn State? Yikes! No oh boy. I, look, I, I don't know how uh, how Moss is going to do over there with Southern Cal, but I mean, and I, I know Lincoln Riley's been active uh, in his tenure there with Southern Cal, short tenure as far as transfer portal. But their schedule out of the gate is ridiculous, too, because they open in Vegas with LSU. Then I think they have Michigan, right, in their first Big Ten roadie. And uh, they have Wisconsin. And it, it's yeah, just it's, September. It's a, yeah. a brutal September for Southern Cal. They could be one and three if they're lucky. Uh, I think they have Rutgers in there mixed in. But we'll, uh, we'll win. That's not going to be a gimme either because Rutgers is a physical team, at least under Shiano. They have been. Uh, okay, so that is uh, that is one transfer portal. I mean, a uh, coaching move that we saw there as far as uh, coaching carousel. Let's look at some of the other ones because there's a lot of moves where uh, people are not familiar with some of these guys. Uh, Scotty Walden. Tell us a little bit about Scotty Walden coming over from Austin Pay, going and taking over uh, Austin P and going over to UTEP, replacing Dana Dimmel. What do we, what do we know about Scotty Walden? Yeah, well, a couple of years ago he was the interim coach at Southern Miss. Uh, you know, was actually a coach before then. Uh, a young guy likes to run a lot of tempo. Did a really good, nice job at Austin P. Led him to a uh, playoff berth. Uh, that's not a perennial pro- power. In fact, uh, just a few short years ago, I mean, that was one of the worst FCS teams in the country. Uh, but uh, they done. He did a nice job there. I like the hire. It's completely opposite, and not that you know Dana Dimmel was fine. I thought he did an okay job at UTEP to, to get them to a couple bowl games. I thought was okay uh, to say the least but uh certainly completely opposite as far as the age department a lot more energy and where does that show well i mean it shows in the recruiting i mean utep normally consistently is a program that usually has bottom 10 classes as far as recruiting nationwide well i mean this year 82nd i mean that doesn't sound great but man if utep's going to out recruit 50 other fbs programs that's as high as a class. I mean, I've been doing it 15 years as far as following all the teams across the country. I've never seen UTEP sign that high of a class. So uh, did an amazing job already. Uh, I think the future is bright now. What, what does that mean this year? Well, I don't think they're going to contend for the Conference USA. I mean, obviously the liberties of the world, Jacksonville State, still con- uh, significantly better. But it's a team that will be competitive, probably a 4-5 or five win team this year. But I think the future, I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised he has them competing uh, for at least uh, a bowl game each and every year uh, starting in year two. There you go. Good stuff right there. Dana Dimmel out. Scotty Walden is in and seven spots ahead of UCLA's recruiting class. UTEP at 82nd and UCLA at 89. My goodness, that puts things in perspective even more so for UCLA faithful. All right, let's uh, look at Wyoming. Jay Sawville, he's in. Moving in from defensive coordinator Craig Bowl, of course, retiring. What can you tell us about Sawville? 
Yeah, did a nice job. Obviously, they're they're going for continuity because I mean, if it's not broke, don't uh, you know? Uh, let's not try to fix it. Uh, I mean, obviously, Bull had a really good tenure there in Wyoming for about a decade. Sawville, uh, you know, with coaching with him even in his North Dakota State days, so some familiarity there. I think I expect to see a lot of similarities as far as they're not going to all of a sudden be an offensive first driven uh, program. They're still going to rely on defense. They're still going to rely on running the ball. Uh, I haven't got the roster isn't out yet, so I haven't dived deep into them yet as far as the spring. But recruiting class wasn't great. Uh, if you're asking me, you know, off the top of off the cuff, where, where do I think that Wyoming is at in the Mountain West? I don't see. I think they're going to take a step back this year. They're, they're not going to match last year's win total. Um, and I think obviously the Boise State's, Fresno State's, even the uh, the UNLV's of the world, will be ahead of them in the Mountain West this year. At Brad Power 7, follow him on X, of course, former Twitter. Uh, Jeff Choate, Texas co-defense coordinator, taking over for Nevada, the boys up north in Reno with Ken Wilson getting fired. What does that mean for the Wolfpack faithful? Yeah, I think it'll be better, certainly, and it can't get any worse in the last couple of years. I mean, that was really bad. I mean, I know Ken Wilson only got two years, but uh, if you don't, I mean, they were a bottom three, four team in the country each of the last two years, so really didn't show hardly any improvement. The good thing for Nevada is they're going to be experienced, 16 returning starters for the upcoming season, so there's that. Uh, they hit the transfer portal with semi, pr- pretty good, uh, 80th uh, transfer class ranking, so that's pretty solid there. Uh, certainly will top last year's win total. I know that's not saying much. I do like the hire. Uh, he's got some experience. I thought he did a really nice job a couple, uh, a few years ago at Montana State. Kind of, He was the guy that kind of got that ball rolling there. Montana State was always second fiddle to Montana in that state for, for decades. But, you know, if you follow the last five, six, seven years, they, they certainly have risen as a program. And he was the guy that, that, that kind of was the architect behind that before he went over to Texas there. So good hire. Uh, they're not going to contend in the Mountain West this year. It's still probably only a 3-4 win team. But uh, I, I'm expecting them to be more competitive than what they've been the last two years, KT. All right. Yeah, no, no question there. Gerard Parker, you know very well, defense coordinator for your Fighting Irish, uh, taking over for John Sumrall over there at Troy, and Sumrall doing a great job moving on himself. Uh, but that's a good, solid Troy program and an excellent defense, and it makes sense for them to bring in a defensive coordinator as their head honcho. Uh, that's a, a good fan base there, too, in Troy, Alabama. What about the move there by the Trojans? Yeah, first off, uh, Parker was our uh, OC at Notre Dame. I say R. I mean, I, I didn't go to Notre Dame, but uh, when you're a fan for 35 years, I, I got to get that out of me. But, uh, yeah, he was the OC. Wasn't a big fan uh, of what Kajabi did, to be honest with you. Has some familiarity with Troy. Uh, he coached under Neil Brown uh, back when Neil Brown was there three years and had a really good three-year success there prior to Neil Brown going to West Virginia. Uh, Parker followed Neil Brown to West Virginia before he ended up moving to Notre Dame. Look, I, I, I think he – I wasn't a fan of him as an X's and O's guy. But when it comes to college football, KT, I mean, the head coaching job is becoming less and less about X's and O's and more about can you sell the program? Can you sell it to the fan base? Can you sell it to the donors to raise NIL money? Can you sell it to the recruits? I think he'll be a better type of head coach, if that makes sense, than he was a coordinator. So I think that's a positive. What's not a positive is the returning production or lack thereof for Troy this year. Only eight returning starters, bottom five in the country as far as returning production, only three starters back on defense. That's what they've hanged their hat on the last few years. He doesn't have a defensive background, so I think that'll hurt. This is a Troy team that I'm expecting to take a pretty sizable step back this year. 
He is Brad Powers. We take a break. We come back. We're going to hit him on a couple more as far as the coaching carousel. Then we're going to get into some of the transfer portal moves. Who are the winners and losers so far after the first signing session of the transfer portal? One more to go, and Brad will give us a skinny on that as well so we know when that uh, signing period is and uh, how the teams are looking and who's left in that transfer portal that could really make a difference for some of these teams. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. 70 to 60. Purdue now up 10 with seven minutes to go. Number two Boilermakers in control over Minnesota at home in the second half. And we will keep you updated on the scores, but we want to get into more of this college football with one of the best in the business. I think he is the best. He is the college football guru. He is Brad Powers, and we are SportsX Radio, coming right back live from Vegas. Back, throwback Thursday. Let's see if our music expert, he's the expert in college football, Mr. Brad Powers. PP, who was that bringing us back? Uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. There you go. Yeah, you got now. Listen, the Hoekster put Tommy James. He didn't put the Shondells. Hoekster, just for verification, were the Shondells uh, back up? Yeah, give it to him. All right, we'll give it to him. All right, ding, 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 ding. All right, good job, Powers. I love it because you and your pops, you do those uh, little music trivia stuff. You have a little bit of fun with that stuff when you guys are driving around to your college football venues. BP, how many have you taken in? 60? Uh, yep, right around 60. Uh, going to actually do a spring game trip coming up in a couple months. We're going to try to hit seven or eight uh, there in April. All right, so, but you would tell anybody that's within the vicinity of Philadelphia, this year, that Army Navy game is a bucket list thing. You got to go. First off, before I answer that, actually, yeah, I would be disqualified. That was one of his first solo, uh, dragging the line, uh, right when he broke up with the Shondell. So you can't give me credit for that. I just googled it, uh, so I got that wrong. Army Navy, absolutely. For a college football fan, you got to go. I mean, it was something that I've been wanting to do forever. I got to take my dad to go uh, sometime here soon. Uh, but th- that was something I did this past year. Helped that it was a really competitive game. It usually is. Uh, it was in New England for the first time. And obviously, it's usually in Baltimore or Philadelphia. Uh, this year, it was in Boston. But uh, I had a great time. It was a little chilly, but uh, <laughs> I guess my blood thinned out in the almost decade that I've been here in Vegas. So I wasn't uh, used to, to sitting in the cold weather outdoors. But uh, I, I got to tell you, and it's not necessarily about the game. Obviously, it's not high-quality game, but it's for everything else that that game represents on why you have to go. Everything around it, um, something you don't see, every commercial break, they are honoring a, a battalion, whether from its World War II, Vietnam, Desert Storm, you name it, both sides are honoring people uh, and veterans. I, I don't know. I just said the flyover with the, the Apache helicopter is something you don't see. I mean, before the game, they, the Army had tents set up where, I mean, and they encouraged you if you wanted to, you know, hold a sniper rifle or a grenade launcher. I mean, it was just something you don't normally see at any other college football game. So I can't recommend it enough. It was uh, one of the highlights of my, you know, college football fanship. 
There you go. Great stuff. Brad Powers. All right. A bucket list item. Put it down. South Alabama just finished off Texas State by 17. Easy cover there. Arkansas Little Rock up by one on Moorhead State at home with five seconds to go. Keep an eye on that one as it rolls on down. And Tarleton State held on. Beat Texas Arlington on the road 80 to 78. Sports X Radio as we roll on through Seattle. U a 10-point win at Southern Utah and Eastern Illinois by 18 over a hapless Southeast Missouri State team for sure. And Gonzaga now up 10 with 12.28 to go over Loyola Marymount. Long Beach State still up 9 on UC Davis. 13 minutes to go there. Tied at 59. Idaho State at Eastern Washington. NAU up by 13. 8.49 to go at the Hornets Nest in Sacramento against Sac State. UCLA up 8 now on Colorado. 10.12 to go. Pauley Pavilion second half. Washington up 12 as well on uh, Stanford. 56.44 your score there. And uh, 28.12 out of the gate. Santa Clara leads Pacific. Portland up 7 at San Diego, trying to avenge that loss from last week, and Hawaii up 10 early at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. All right, Brad Power, some of the other uh, transfer portal things we're going to get into in a little bit, but let's look at just a few more of these head coaching moves because there's several uh, that I'm sure folks are interested in. Uh, Bill O'Brien leaves Ohio State as the offensive coordinator. That, of course, opened the door up for Chip Kelly to go and uh, reunite with Ryan Day. Jeff Halfley is out at Boston College, and Bill O'Brien is the new guy there in Chestnut Hill for BC. How do you see that playing out? I like the hire. Uh, I don't know a lot of people aren't big Bill O'Brien fans because he didn't necessarily work out at the Texans, but he still he had Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, and was making the playoffs uh, multiple years. I thought he did a tremendous job. I know people forget about it already but because it's been a decade, but he was put in a very bad position at Penn State, and he did a wonderful job with the Penn State team his first season. had like 50 scholarship players and got them to a winning record after the fallout from the Jerry Sandusky uh, nightmare there. Uh, so he did a good job there, I think, relative to expectations. Uh, but really good hire for BC. He was late in the process again, and they went out, paid the money, got a relatively big name. He's obviously familiar with the Boston area. His wife grew up there. He's been, uh, you know, in Boston multiple uh, during multiple stints with the Patriots. So it's the right fit. I think it's a good hire, to say the least. And it's also a Boston College team that's going to be experienced. 17 returning starters. Castellanos uh, is back at quarterback. I uh, got multiple guys back on the offensive line. Eight starters back on defense. So re- production's there. The coach is there. Problem is schedule's re- re- really tough this year. So um, I don't know if they immediately jump as far as the win total uh, in year one, but they'll be super competitive. And I think long-term future's bright for BC. who's kind of you know, been, been relatively mediocre here the last decade or so. BP, what about uh, Stanford and Cal going to the ACC? How, I mean, how is that going to play out? And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just, I mean, how many of these road trips uh, and, you know, talking to Rocks, are you looking at, you know, maybe five east to west coast uh, swings at least for, you know, for Cal and Stanford? to go east, but then it'll be difficult for those teams going out west as well. Uh, but Cal and Stanford are going to have more trips to the east coast. What do you expect those two teams to do in the ACC? Are these teams going to win more than four games? Yeah, I think Cal set up, uh, certainly, uh, to, to maybe, you know, flare with a bowl game, six wins type of 15 returning stars. Keep in mind they went to a bowl game this past year. Uh, and they've done a sneaky good job in the transfer portal the last couple of years. Signed, uh, you know, number 26 transfer class. So, uh, Cal will be all right. I like Troy Taylor quite a bit. I think Stanford will be much improved 
to say the least. I mean, obviously it's been a nightmare for them the last couple of years, but when you look at returning production, and I know Bill Connolly put out an article and had like Stanford number 37, nothing against Bill, but the, the, those numbers are wrong. Stanford will be number one when, when, when he gets his, uh, gets that roster uh, across his desk. Stanford pretty much returns everybody of significance uh, from, from last year's team, 19 returning starters. Uh, they'll be much improved. Now, what does that equate to a team, you know, that's going to flirt with bowl eligibility in their first year of the ACC? No, but I, I do think it's a team that will win three, four games and at least be much more competitive. You're not going to see them get beat by, you know, multiple times by four touchdowns plus like they saw last season. So they'll be fine, but th- there's worries about the travel. And don't forget, SMU also is joining the ACC this year. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah, that's right. Good good call there. Uh, meanwhile, Michigan, we knew uh, writing on the wall pretty much when Sharon Moore ran the table in the six games that he coached first three and the last three of the regular season. Offense coordinator promoted to take over when Jim Harbaugh did elect to go to those L.A. Chargers. First off, as far as Michigan, and I know, uh, you know, one of their guys, I guess, uh, is it their, their – AD or who who's there that's in charge in charge of the college football playoff now is that their athletic director from Michigan? Wow, I, that's news to me. Uh, probably shouldn't be. I mean, if it's their athletic director, I I mean maybe he's setting himself up for his next job because a lot of the Michigan people want him fired. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's news to me. Uh, I think Michigan will be a team that'll take well, arguably the biggest step back in college football. It'll be them, the team they played for the national championship, Washington. Uh, among the teams that take a major step back, uh, only seven returning starters, only one on offense. That's the forte, obviously, of Sharon Moore's offense, and only one guy back, the tight end. That's it. Everybody else departs to the NFL. They have, Michigan has a record in the history of the combine as far as invites. 18 players were invited to the combine. Never before has that many players from a single school been invited. So a, a massive attrition loss for Michigan for coming off the national championship. Attrition on the coaching staff. They expect, you know, you hire Sharon Moore. You want some continuity. You think he's going to be able to, you know, keep a, a lot of the assistance. Hasn't happened. A lot of the guys left. So uh, an inexperienced coach with an inexperienced roster against a much tougher schedule. Texas, USC on the docket in September at Washington, at Ohio State. Oregon is on the schedule. Under nine and a half wins. Like it. Love it. I bet it. Michigan under nine and a half wins. Seven days ago, the College Football Playoff Management Committee has appointed University of Michigan Athletics Director Ward Manuel as Selection Committee Chair for the 2024 football season. He's not. A, you're not going to. If he's doing the, the, the TV interviews and all that, you're not going to be impressed this upcoming season. I'll just put it that way. What, what, what I was looking at, Brad, when that came out, the first thing I said is that that's telling me that Michigan is somehow going to sidestep some type of sanctions from all this uh, foot, film footage stuff, whatever, all these allegations. I, I just have a feeling it's going to be a slap on the wrist and they're going to avoid this stuff. Although, you know, I, I did say for sure I knew that Harbaugh was going to the NFL and I would have pushed all my chips in that he was going to take that Chargers job. Not any of the other jobs. The Chargers job to me, uh, you had the uh, best you know, quarterback scenario. Now you're going into salary cap hell because uh, Telesco had them $40 million over the salary cap. Uh, he, of course, takes over as general manager for the Raiders here in Vegas, Telesco does. But uh, at the end of the day, I just looked and said, you know, the ceiling is high there when you have guys, uh, a nucleus like Justin 
Justin Herbert, but you still have a, a bunch of injury-prone players like a like a Keenan Allen, like an Austin Eckler, like a Mike Williams, guys that really can't stay healthy. And Justin Herbert, as a starter, is actually under 500 in his career. So, uh, you know, I I just thought that the ceiling was was there, and there was enough uh, wiggle room, so so to speak, for Harbaugh to where if he said came in and got the Raider job and unseeds an interim coach like Antonio Pierce, where a lot of the players like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams wanted uh, Pierce to stay, then the pressure would have been maybe uh, just too much there for Harbaugh, uh, you know, if he does flounder in his first year. Here with the Chargers, he's got, you know, some time there because the, the ownership's got to give him time, and you're coming off, you know, one of the worst hires with Staley as a coach, so I think the the ceiling is higher. But uh, what's your take as far as Michigan? Will they see any type of penalty sanctions that could cost them a postseason bowl? Yeah, it, it, no, no way. Uh, NCAA doesn't have hardly any power anymore. So even if they tried to enforce it, I I, I don't think the NCAA has – I mean, Tennessee uh, in a separate ruling – uh, kind of called their bluff, and NCAA tried to penalize them for recruiting violations. Tennessee kind of countersued the NCAA and won in court. So, uh, no, I don't expect Michigan to have any heavy penalties whatsoever. Uh, as far as Harbaugh, I think he wins immediately in the Chargers because that's what he does. Uh, pretty much everywhere he goes, uh, you know, will he win big immediately? I mean, you're still in the same division, obviously, as the Chiefs, but I thought he put together an all-star coaching staff to say the least uh i i i think the chargers are play a playoff team this year all right uh one more i just want to duck in before we take a break and then come back and hit the transfer portal and it's not a major deal uh school-wise it's a buffalo bulls team but we saw lance leipold go to kansas and he's really doing something big down there in lawrence uh linguist is out pete lembo uh, special teams coordinator from South Carolina, gets the job there for Buffalo. And we've seen guys like Khalil Mack and even Malcolm Kuntz, who's on the Raiders now, come out of that Buffalo uh, defense. Uh, uh, boy, it's just tough. But you're in the Mack. Uh, any chance that Lembo's the right hire there for the Bulls? Yeah, I like the hire. Pete Lembo's got Mack experience. I thought he actually did a nice job at Ball State. He was the you know Ball State coach for five years. Uh, Ball State hasn't done nothing since. I mean, they fired him. I mean, I don't know why. For, he went over 500 at Ball State. They fired him. They haven't been 500 since. Uh, they've had one winning season since uh, they got rid of him. Uh, I think it's a good hire. I think it's an upgrade over what they had. Um, now he's got a deal with a roster that, that's not in good shape because Buffalo the last couple of years went very portal heavy. Uh, they they, they kind of did away with as far as the, the, the high school recruiting. So he's got a lot of work to do in that regard. But Buffalo vastly underachieved last season. Wouldn't be a bit surprised even when they depleted roster that they could uh, possibly top last year's win total. Great stuff from Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7, number 7 at the end of Brad Powers on X, formerly known as Twitter, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Grizzlies up 2 on the Bucks, 618 to go, 98-96. T-Wolves up by 30 after the first quarter in Portland, 44-14. to 14. That's right. 
laying nine and a half. You're looking fat right there, but it is the association. 103 to 90, Warriors up a Baker's dozen, 432 to go. Third quarter, that's right, 103 points, still 16 minutes and 32 seconds left in regulation. See if the Warriors hit 150 tonight. And uh, college basketball scores continue to roll on in. We'll get you some more games that are going down to the wire and then some of the other games starting up right now. UCLA's lead down to two at Pauley, 537 to go second half, 53-51. So the Buffaloes, uh, Tad Boyle's lit a fire under them at halftime, taking care of business. We keep it rolling. Wazoo out of the gate, up eight on Cal. Now make it five, 245 to go, 27-22. Up in the Palouse, Pepperdine, St. Mary's, Utah, and USC, the only two games yet to tip off. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Come back, wrap things up with Brad Power. is going to hit the transfer portal. Find out where some of the big schools are uh, getting their players from and who they are and who are the leaders right now in the transfer portal sweepstakes. We'll do that when we come back live. SportsX Radio, live from Vegas on a Throwback Thursday. Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Pull up my money, don't try to save. My heart say go, go. Go, little Richard, baby. Can't give uh, Brad Powers that one. That's a, that's a slam dunk. My great aunt always loved Little Richard and uh, a lot of energy. My goodness, guys like Little Richard, James Brown. I mean, always brought it, man. A lot of energy, and Brad Powers got to love him, man. Grades himself not on a curve. He doesn't take credit for Tommy James and the Shondells. He says, nope, Tommy's first one. I can't, I can't take it. The hoaxer grading him on a curve, but Brad Powers goes in and self-corrects and says, no, I'm not taking it. Good stuff as we wrap things up here on the Throwback Thursday. SportsX Radio, keep things rolling with uh, the old transfer portal. Brad Powers, update us as, again, we're going to have one more uh, session and let us know when that is as far as guys able to get out of the school that they're in and transfer somewhere else. And is it a slam dunk? If you leave a school, are you automatically okay to go somewhere else? What are the stipulations that could possibly stop someone from being guaranteed to go from one program to another? Yeah, I mean, there pretty much are no rules. I mean, you can transfer as many times as you want now. Uh, so, I mean, you, you don't have to sit out. I mean, even if you transferred already, I mean, you can transfer again. You can transfer multiple times uh, in the same calendar year So and not have to sit out. So it's pretty wide open. Next portal window uh, will open in mid-April, um, right around uh, the conclusion that some teams start wrapping up spring practice and we'll go through the end of April and then uh, – yeah, so that, and I'm expecting it usually is a little bit tamer and probably still will be compared to like the heavy hitters compared to this first go around here because a lot of the main guys want to get in for spring and get those 15 practices with their new team and get settled. But I'm expecting this year's second window to be a little bit more active than what it's been the last couple of years because teams are going to go through spring and they're just going to know, you know the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Oregons of the world, hey, if we got a position need, uh, one or two guys. I'm not saying that they're going to need five or six, but if they got a glaring need at one, needing one or two guys at a certain position, they're going to go ahead and pay the money and go ahead and attack and recruit that kid and get him whether he's in the portal or not. There'll be some tampering. Biggest winner so far after the first session, Ohio State, and maybe the biggest loser, Alabama? Uh, yeah, good question. Yeah, Ohio State's definitely way up there. I mean, they certainly got the, the heavy hitters when, when you look at 
Obviously, a Caleb Downs, who's many regarded as maybe the best defensive player in college football, definitely the best safety. So they get him. They get Quinshawn Judkins at running back. You can certainly tell, and Will Howard at quarterback. They're going for the national championship this year, to say the least. They're up there. I would give you one maybe a little bit off the beaten path that's just as good, and they've gone for it. I mean, they got four or five guys as far as top 20 overall transfer players. It'd be Ole Miss, starting with mm-hmm. Walter Nolan, a five-star kid at defensive line. Uh, a couple of the, you know, uh, the wide receiver, Antoine Wells didn't play much, but uh, he's a guy that uh, was super productive at South Carolina a couple of years ago. They got a good edge rusher from Florida, uh, very deep transfer class. That's kind of what Lane Kiffin's done the last couple of years. He's been more about the portal than anything. He calls himself the portal king. Uh, very good transfer class for Ole Miss. Ole Miss is all in. Uh, you normally don't see a program like that. Uh, but they are, it's national, they're going for the national championship. That's kind of cool to see a program like that, you know, take a, I'm not saying they're going to compete for the national championship every year, but I think you're going to start seeing it in this NIL transfer portal era. Schools like that will, will put all their chips into one year and see if they can make a run at it, not only the playoff, but win a couple games in the playoff. There you go. I, you know, and Kiffin, he's got, he's got a squad, there's no question, and he's got some leaders coming back, and Jackson Dart is a heck of a quarterback, and I like the way this kid plays, and he plays well hurt. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, he showed me some toughness last year down the stretch, and, uh, you know, Bentley's still got some eligibility. In fact, he may, uh, you know, you got he, him and Diggs. I mean, they've, they've got playmakers, there's no question. And, uh, yeah, I expect them to be one of those teams right there. Uh, what about the quarterback that transferred to Ohio State from Alabama, the young kid? Yeah, Julian Sang, uh, true freshman. I don't think he'll be a part of the mix. I mean, he kind of uh, transferred in there uh, to be under Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien actually recruited him uh, when Bill O'Brien was the coordinator, offense coordinator at Alabama for a couple of years. Uh, he's already up against it as far as Aaron Nolan is another true freshman that they brought in. I expect Will Howard to be the starting quarterback. So uh, can we can we see him go to Boston? Co- yeah, can we see him go to Boston College? Yeah, I mean, after spring, I think he can transfer again if he wants to. Yeah, he definitely can. Hmm, interesting there, yeah, with uh, O'Brien taking off over there. All right, update me on some of the Pac-12 schools that are transitioning to other conferences. Let's start with teams that are transitioning quickly to, uh, we've got about five minutes, uh, going to the Big Ten, like uh, let's go to Oregon and Washington. Yeah, I think two different uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. Oregon's a national title contender this year. I mean, if I'm stack ranking my early power ratings, it's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Oregon would be 3, believe it or not. And speaking of number three, number three ranked recruiting class, number three ranked transfer class. Uh, wow. They went all in as far as the transfer portal, uh, getting guys like Evan Stewart, a wide receiver, obviously Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback. Uh, so they went in and they're pushing their chips on the table and, and they're going to compete right away in the Big Ten in their first year. Washington, not so much. Obviously, they lose their head coach to Alabama and Kalen DeBoer. Zero returning starters on offense. A big fat zero. Now they got some transfers coming in from Arizona with Jed Fish. I like Jed Fish, uh, but this is a team that's, you know, if I'm talking, (laughs) a team that's going to go from playing in the national championship game to a team that's probably going to be like a seven and five, eight and four type of team. Wow. All right. Uh, How about Arizona and Arizona State transitioning to the Big 12? Yeah, I like Arizona's hire. Brendan fits in nice there. Keep in mind, he's an alum of Arizona. That They were able to keep the players. That, uh, that One of the big donors was very motivated. Felt He got backstabbed by uh, Jed Fish, so he made sure the Noah Fafitas, 
the uh, McMillan's, uh, the wide receiver of the world, stayed at Arizona. So they're more experienced than a lot of the other first-year coaches for Brennan. So they'll be fine. Are they going to match last year's win total? No, they'll take a step back. The Big 12 is a very tough conference uh, to distinguish this year because I could see any one of 10 schools winning that one. That'll be a good long-shot futures conference to take a flyer on because the teams are all, so many teams are competitive, Kansas State, Utah, Arizona, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a couple of points separating these teams as far as a power rating right now. So um, they'll be competitive. They'll be fine. But uh, I don't expect them to win 10 games as far as Arizona. Arizona State will be improved in year two, but not enough to, to get to a bowl game in year two uh, under uh, their head coach. Brad, what about Notre Dame? I know Riley Leonard transfers from Duke and he'll take over the quarterback position. But with them not yet being in a conference, I mean, how much does any of that hurt? I mean, does it hurt as far as with these mega conferences, so to speak, where kids are coming out of high school and like, oh, I want to go to the the Big Ten or I want to go to the SEC? Uh, you know, what is the, uh, you know, what is the limelight there for Notre Dame to draw kids? Is it still, uh, you know, because that brand is not the same when I was growing up and even when you were growing up, or is it? Or is there is there anything there that, you know, still has kids saying, I want to go to Notre Dame unless they grow up in that immediate area over there, South Bend? Yeah, good question. Well, I don't think Notre Dame's been Notre Dame for quite some time. We're talking not a couple of years, we're talking a couple of decades at this point. And they've lost their stranglehold as far as being, you know, that giant, the only one with an NBC contract. I mean, come on. Yeah, they're still the only school that has their individual TV uh, the market, but I mean, come on. Oh, you can find any Mac school every week if you want to watch your favorite Mac team. I can watch Bowling Green, 10 uh, Bowling Greens games each year uh, you know, on the right channel. So they've lost that. As far as recruiting, though, it hasn't taken a hit uh, because they got one of the best rec- recruiters in the country. Marcus Freeman's, uh, uh, I'll just use the word, a dog on the recruiting trail. I mean, he puts in as much effort as any head coach in the country. Notre Dame signed a top 10 class as far as recruiting class. They did a, a nice job in the portal, identified the quarterback they wanted, some other starters that they bring in. I like this Mitchell kid from FIU. He was a 1,000-yard receiver uh, that they're going to bring in. So he's done a nice job. Notre Dame, on paper, but it's playoff or bust. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but it would be a very disappointing season with Notre Dame's schedule uh, if they don't go at least 10-2 and two and get to the playoffs. BP, outstanding stuff. Catch our audience up here at SportsX Radio. As uh, Like you said, it's a year-round deal, and if you wait and just get back into it three weeks before college football season, forget about it. You'll never catch up, so that's why we're privy to get Brad Powers when we can to update us and keep things rolling. Transfer portal, coaching carousel, and uh, got one more stint there as far as that transfer portal, so uh, we'll stay in touch with BP throughout. Brad Powers, always appreciate you, my man. Hope to see you around town. Hope to get together for lunch or dinner real soon and uh, and get you in studio, as always, but but uh, thanks for stopping by, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, KT. Take care. Love that guy. Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter, uh, and again, now known as X. But that'll do it on a throwback Thursday. Back at you tomorrow. Thanks to Mark Coke, of course, producing, doing a great job as he does five nights a week. And uh, thanks to everybody sponsor-wise and to our guest, Brad Powers, and to you, the listeners. Again, that'll do it from PSR Law Studios. Tomorrow, again, we'll be back. Get you caught up on everything. Get you set for the weekend as well. Big weekend of college basketball. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. Archives up in about 45 minutes or just use that Odyssey Rewind. Have a great evening. Talk to you tomorrow night. God bless. Good night, everybody.